y'all. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 192. All right, let's get right into it. Hello, friends. I read about our Texas-based housing ghost back in August. At this point, you hadn't read it, but I was looking forward to it. I was thinking since the last episode, you did talk about not having enough sinister sightings or afraid of not having enough. So I thought I would add another to the pile. We moved into our home just over two years ago. The prior owner had passed away in the local hospital. His wife was apparently very affected by dementia and was placed into a nursing facility. The house was placed for sale and we accidentally bought it. I mean, we wanted it, just didn't think we would win a bidding war that was sure to happen. But it didn't because the other buyers dropped out and we were the only ones left. I'll give you the ghost's real name because his pain in the ass probably thrives on that shit. Our ghost name is Al. He's the man who once owned the house and died prior to us buying it. He isn't a scary ghost, but more of an annoying thing that came as part of the deal. Al was a good person from everything I've heard or read. I think he was a huge part of the community and very protective of his family. I've seen Al a total of five times since moving in. My husband saw him once. He appears as a human-shaped dark vapor. As soon as you see it, it's gone but moves and vanishes, if that makes sense. The house was built in 1978, so not old. They were the people who built it and the only occupants prior to us. They were elderly and, I think, unable to keep up with the updates. We've spent a lot of time, money, sweat, and tears into this house. However, when we take something apart, like a light fixture to replace it, none of the screws match. As in, Philip had screw type and the others are standards. Well, this absolutely infuriates my husband and he starts yelling at Al. No joke, Al, you fucker, pick a type of screw for fuck's sake, etc. You get the picture. Whenever he starts yelling at Al, something happens. I get tobacco type smoke smell in our basement utility room. The basement isn't scary. It's dry, very used by us. That's a two by two square and we don't smoke and the house doesn't smell like smoke normally and I'm a bloodhound that will find a smell if one is there. Our newly installed hall lights that are in the ceiling flicker. I've had the electrician check them and can't find an issue. They don't do it all the time. It happens more often when the kids start to talk about Al or work is being done around the house. When I've seen him, it's not in the same place or the same day or year. The other day, I was working in my office, eyes on the monitor, and I saw someone walk from our dining room to the front door. My husband was home, and I thought it was him. Then I realized I didn't hear the stomping of his feet, and that the front door or closet didn't open. Then I heard him in the basement talking to the cats. He came upstairs, and I explained, and he said he was down there for 10 to 15 minutes by the time I saw it. Super. Last summer, my husband was mowing the lawn, and when I came into the backyard, he asked, why didn't you just come out the back door? I explained I had been in the front yard playing with the flowers. He looks at me and said, but someone was in the sunroom and waved at me. Must have been Al. This is where it gets weird. Just after we moved in, the house behind us, our backyards bump against each other, sold, and we got a new neighbor who was in his late 20s, but acted like he was 80. Strange dude. The guy was political, and that isn't my jam. He was so political, I just agreed to everything he would talk about because I didn't want to be murdered if shit went down someday. He was a big conspiracy theorist and on every end of the political spectrum. Anyway, he was apparently a medium. I was talking to him through the fence not long after he moved in, and he said, matter of fact, you have a male spirit, and he's waving at me. 
and without dropping a beat, I responded, Oh, that's Al. He won't bother you. Our neighbor then proceeds to tell me that this spirit doesn't like my husband, but is okay with me and our son. I explain my husband is an asshole, not a mean one, or one I just like, he's just a grumpy ass, that yells at Al when things don't go right. This strange neighbor then tells me about his ghost in his house. She's a cranky old lady in a green 90s sweatsuit, like all children in the 90s wore. She stands in the picture window and bitches at everyone all day. I guess he had enough of her, and he ended up moving after a year of living there. Every time I walk past that house, I picture her standing there with her green sweatsuit with a walker bitching at me. Makes me giggle. Also, made me think of when you guys talked about how no one sees modern-looking ghosts. We don't see them because seeing someone in a matching sweatsuit is not an intimidating sight. It's like, oh, is that grandma? Oh, wait, no, just a grumpy old ghost. Oh, well. The long of the short of it is, yeah, we have a ghost. He isn't scary. He just lives here with us. I think he's waiting for his wife to pass over. I have talked to him and told him we only have good intentions with the house. We love it here and want to make sure it's taken care of. I also told him where he could find his wife if he needed to visit her. When things happen or I see him, we just move on about our day unless it gets annoying and just ask him to stop, which he does. Thanks for reading. You can use my name, Kara. Well, I'm glad he's not mean. And I'm glad that the neighbor who's the medium like confirmed that he's just like a a ghost. Because it'd be different if the whole time you thought you were talking to Al and Al wasn't, well, Al. <laughs> that is true. Okay, the next one. Why couldn't a dog follow them home? Hello, you beautiful ladies. First off, I want to thank you for being so wonderful. You've helped me get through the pandemic, and you probably still will as it's not totally over. Working from home full-time while simultaneously parenting full-time was not easy. I'm truly grateful for your podcast, the personal stories you share, and your infectious laughter. You are amazing. Secondly, I finally got my husband to listen with me. We recently listened to episode 204, where Donna covered the tale of La Pascualita. No joke, a few days later, my mom and dad brought it up. My husband and I looked at each other and got so excited. My mom's side of the family is from Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, four hours north of Chihuahua, Chihuahua. Turns out that my cousin's fiance will be getting her wedding gown from La Pascualita's bridal shop. What a coincidence. Legend says that the bride that buys the dress from the corpse bride will have a very successful marriage. Now, on to my main story. One of my younger sisters, Sam, and I sometimes are sensitive to the paranormal. One night, when I was still living with my parents, my sister's friend, M, came to spend the night after they hung out with some friends. M is even more sensitive. This will come into play in a bit. At about 3 a.m., I was startled awake by a Valentine's Day bear that kept going off. It kept roaring loudly. It kept roaring loudly. Roar! Roar! (laughs) That damn toy interrupted my precious sleep. I annoyingly got up, went to my sister, and said, Can you turn that off? It keeps going off. Half asleep, my sister says, It's supposed to say I love you when you press it. It's off. Confused, I tried to just turn it off. I couldn't find the switch. I thought, whatever, she's just half asleep. I went back to bed and had the weirdest dream. I was walking through a house where I could hear a beautiful voice singing. I made my way to the source of the voice, the bathroom. This beautiful voice came from a red-headed girl dressed in a 1940s or 50s styles turquoise dress and hairstyle. I said to her, 
Oh, I'm sorry, I'm Bonnie. You have a beautiful voice. She got startled, as one should when they are privately admiring themselves in the mirror of a bathroom and someone walks in. She gasped, and then I woke up. The next morning, I was getting out of the shower and walked to my room. My sister Sam was in there looking confused. I said, what's wrong? She said, that's so weird. I thought I heard you humming in here. I wanted to borrow something. When I came in, I could just smell perfume, but not yours. I said, that's weird. And then I kicked her out and I got ready. About an hour later, another one of my sister's friends, C, texted the friend group. My sister's like, oh my God, you have to look at this. Doesn't that look like a face? There is a clear face of a girl looking out the window while sitting in C's car when the girls got out to take a picture. I looked at her and said, oh my God, that's a girl from my dream. I briefly told my sister about the dream and she said, is that who I heard in your room earlier? We quickly put two and two together and freaked out. She texted her friends right away. It turns out that one, the canyon they were at has lots of accidents from sharp turns. And two, M sometimes has ghosts that follow her home. She says she didn't think this ghost would tag along all the way out to our house. M tries to not say anything about it so people won't freak out. I was like, excuse me? She tagged along all the way into my dreams. This presence ended up hanging out for a few days until my sister and I couldn't feel her anymore. Oh, and that bear, when I checked it again the next morning, it legitimately only said, I love you, and had been off the whole time. That's all I have for now. I'll ask my sister if I can share more of our stories. Thank you so much, Bonnie. It's always a kid's toy. (laughs) That's really scary, though, that you had that dream, and turns out that it was a ghost that had tagged along from somewhere else. Golly, I don't know. That's a lot. But, like, how did it up in your dream? I don't know. But, yeah, ask your sister because we want more stories. Because, apparently, y'all are very sensitive. Okay, the next one. This will probably definitely end in a cliffhanger. Sorry. Da-da-da. Kind of. Hello, my favorite creepy ladies. Before I get to my story, I wanted to be the typical fangirl and express how much I love the podcast and how it's brought me so much entertainment while I'm doing anything and everything, especially on my commute to and from work. All right, let's get into the spooks. This is somewhat of my mom and sister stories, as well as a small mixture of mine. They are pretty open with telling the stories, so they don't mind if I share them with y'all. I'll start with mine, since it isn't as spooky as theirs. When I was about two, my family and I moved to Texas for my dad's job. We had been in that house for about four to five years, when one night, while I was laying in bed, I noticed something that was almost glowing at the bottom corner of my door. I'd never experienced anything scary or paranormal there before, so I got up to investigate. Keep in mind, I was not a fan of anything scary when I was younger, to the point where I couldn't even walk down the mask aisle at stores when it was getting close to Halloween. As I was walking to the door, I realized that what I was seeing looked like a foot. Kind of as if a kid was hiding to jump out and scare you, but being very obvious with their hiding... I still wasn't sure what I was looking at, so instead of walking out of my bedroom door, I figured I could walk through my Jack and Jill bathroom that connected my room to the small hallway between my sister's room and mine. When I got to the hallway, I didn't see anything, but started to kind of freak myself out, so I ran to my sister's room and got in bed with her. I didn't tell anyone what I had seen until we moved out of that house and back to Mississippi years later. One night, I was out with my sisters and some friends. 
Somehow we had gotten on the subject of ghosts, and my oldest sister, Courtney, said she and my mom had seen one in the house we lived in while we were in Texas. I hadn't heard these stories before, so naturally I was curious and asked her to go into detail. Side note, since she was the oldest sister, she was able to have the room separate from my other sister and me that was directly above my parents' room. We had an open game room splitting our little hallway from her room with a balcony connecting everything to some stairs with her room being right by the stairs. She told us about a few times that she would wake up in the middle of the night to a little girl standing by her bed. At first, she thought it was just my other sister, Colby, because she was young and blonde like her. The little blonde girl would just stand there and staring, and eventually, Courtney would realize that it wasn't Colby. The first few times this happened, she would scream and run downstairs to my parents' room, or my parents would run upstairs to check on her. She then goes on to say, after about the third or fourth time of this happening, the little girl would put her fingers to her lips as if to tell my sister not to scream. Eventually, she moved out to go to college and we moved back to Mississippi, so she never saw the little girl again. We asked about my mom's story and she told us that my mom had seen the little girl standing on the stairs or on the balcony overlooking the foyer a few times. Later, I asked my mom about it, and she said she just ignored her, and eventually the little girl quit showing up. I've always wondered if I saw the little girl's foot at my door that night, and if she was trying to hide to play or something. We aren't really sure where she came from, because we were the first family to live in that house, and I don't think it was built on a burial ground or anything. We haven't done any research on the house, so it's still a mystery to us. Since this is such a long email already, I will leave it at that. I'll send in the stories about my sleep paralysis, the children I saw in my room, and the body found in the backyard of a house in my Texas neighborhood on a later date. Thank you so much to you both for taking the time to read our stories and for creating such an amazing community for all of us. Don't forget to creep it real and not scream at little girl ghosts. Carly from The Sip. Well, howdy, neighbor. I don't know um, if I could be quiet if a ghost was like, shh. First of all, don't shush me. I hate being shushed. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not the boss of me. I hate being shushed. And you know you got to send in all those other stories. Uh-huh. That was the cliffhanger you are talking about. A dead body. And I don't want to play hide and seek with a ghost. Or at least if you're a ghost and I'm young and we're all friends, tell me what you want to do. Don't just be like hiding and waiting for me to find you. Because if I see your toes... That's going to freak me out. Mm-hmm. But like, why was it glowing? I don't know. Hi, Donna and Carrie. I absolutely love the podcast. I've been listening to it for around six months now, and I'm slowly catching up. I'm a mental health nurse, and I work a lot of night shifts. Ew, at the night shifts. That's what they say. And I love nothing more than to scare myself listening to y'all in the middle of the night down dark corridors of the psychiatric hospital. Okay, you're much braver than I am. <laughs> So this isn't particularly sinister, but I definitely found it weird, and I guess for it to make sense, there's a bit of information I should mention beforehand. I don't know how to do it in a way that flows, so I'll just bullet point. Carrie loves a bullet. Okay, so here's the bullet points. I live in Wigan, I hope I said that right, in the UK, in a standard suburb type area. Wildlife isn't really common here apart from, like, domestic animals. This will make sense later. My dad died around seven years ago when I was 23. We were close and I got a tattoo of a stag to symbolize him. I have anxiety and depression, which is shit. And when the story takes place, I was going through a really difficult time. Just a flare up of the depression, I guess. 
There's a place near where I live called Amberswood where I like to walk my dog, Teddy. It's like a big woodland type area with a large pond or a small lake and paths that go in different directions into the trees. It's great for dog walking, but kind of creepy and easy to get lost in. So the night before, I'd been really struggling, just sobbing for no real reason. The next day, I was laying in bed, just doom scrolling on TikTok, when I saw a video of a place that looked like Amberswood. It wasn't Amberswood, but it really reminded me of it. A woman sees a deer, the deer approaches her, and they have a moment, and it's just really sweet and kind of magical. Watching it reminded me of this one time I was walking around Amberswood with Teddy, and we saw a deer. I really need to stress that this is not a common thing to see here. I've only ever seen one the once, despite having walked there countless times. It made me want to take Teddy for a walk, so despite feeling super sad, I got ready and took him out. The route I take when I get on there is just over an hour's walk. I remember thinking when I got there how crazy it'd be if I saw a deer. As I was coming towards the end of my walk, around 40-50 minutes in, my dog's off the lead. We're walking on this path with a bend so I can't see much other than trees until I round the bend and the path straightens out. Then I shit you not, further down the path there stood a deer. I couldn't believe it. I just stopped walking. Teddy stopped walking. Time seemed to stand still as I stared at this motherfucking deer. But then Teddy spoiled the moment and sprinted towards it. It ran into the trees and kind of adjacent to the path I was on in my direction. It all happened so quickly I couldn't get my phone out in time to take a picture. What does that mean though? I don't believe in coincidence, but what are the chances that I'd seen that TikTok on that day, take my dog for a walk to that place at that time, and I see a freaking deer? Like if I had gone any later, then I probably wouldn't have seen it. Is that synchronicity? I don't know, but it felt like it was meant to happen, if that makes sense. I kind of like to think it's a sign from my dad while I was struggling, but I don't know. Thanks so much for the podcast and the community of creepsters it has created. Wow, look at that alliteration. Mark with the C. You know, I only know what an alliteration is because of Princess Diaries. <laughs> Why? Because she was like, really good alliteration, but I'm still mad at you or something like that. Oh. <laughs> I really think it was your dad, too, because when synchronicities like that happen, it does happen for a reason. And so it got you up, it got you out, and you were able to have that moment and kind of shake yourself out of that feeling. Because you're right. Depression is a bitch. Yes. Also, what kind of dog is Teddy? It's so bizarre, too, here and like, there's not really deer around here, like, because they're so common here. It's like, whoa, there's a deer. It's like in my front yard right now. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't even live in the country. Like, I live in the suburbs at the very... I mean, technically, I'm in the city, but, you know, suburbs. (laughs) But I have some woods next to me. And so, they are all up in those woods. So, I'll just come home and there'll be some standing in my driveway. Yeah, same. Now, I didn't know deer looked different. Like, up north, their deer look a little different. Really? Like, there's different... Kinds. Kinds. We have white tail. But I just had no idea... I mean, I wouldn't be able to look at one and be like, oh, that's a southern deer. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Hey, Carrie and Donna. So my son, who is nearly eight years old, remembers none of this, but I sure will never forget this. So when my son was nearly three, we took him and his two older sisters to Disneyland Paris. We thought we would stay a few nights in a hotel in Paris before going to Disneyland. 
got up that Sunday morning and everyone was very excited. Plane journey was great, picked up at the airport to go to our hotel, all was going smoothly until we pulled into this side street in Paris and my son started freaking out. He was sobbing hard, real tears running down his wee cheeks. I tried to calm him down. He just kept screaming, my wife, my wife, this is where they shot my wife. What the fuck? My daughter started laughing and it upset him more. He was crying his little heart out. He sobbed until we got to the hotel. He just kept saying over and over, my wife, please, I want my wife. I had to give my daughters a few mum stares as they found it so funny, which upset him more. When we got to the hotel, after a couple of hours of settling him, he told us he was a French soldier and his wife worked at a local hotel called the Rochester. I think that's what it was called. He said that the men shot his wife and she died. Her name was Viola and they had two sons, but he couldn't remember their names. This just upset him more. It was so sad to watch him get upset. We went to the Eiffel Tower the next morning and he cried again, just kept crying to go to his wife and family. It was so heartbreaking. My two daughters thought it was hilarious. This continued until he was about five. Then one morning we were talking about Disney and I said, do you remember your wife? And he was like, mom, I'm five. I'm not married. And that was the end of that. I have a few other stories, but we'll do that another time. Love, Stephanie. Oh my God. I love stories like that. Creepy as shit, but I love them. Yeah. Talk about a past life. I mean, I would be your daughters too laughing because it's like so weird but then also I'd be freaked out because it's so weird. But like, it sounds like he was truly experiencing those emotions. Yes. That poor baby. Also, how was Disneyland in Paris? Also, where do you actually live? Because <laughs> you said mom. And so they I'm, said we. Yeah. So I'm like, what? where's home? Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies, I just heard y'all read my last story a couple of weeks ago, so that made me realize I waited way too long to write in again. So here goes. I've had several strange experiences here in my current house since moving here full time. I actually moved here to take care of my grandma who had dementia. Self-care is especially important when you're someone else's caregiver, so I turned the basement into my oasis. I call it the Femme Den. It's where I ended up spending a lot of my time because I like the vibe. Side note, it's not a creepy old basement or anything. There are full-size windows that bring in a lot of natural light, and we just put in some new plush carpeting. Don't want y'all thinking I'm some weird dungeon dweller. Even if you were, we wouldn't think that. <laughs> Sadly, last March, my grandma broke her hip, and she ended up having to be moved to a nursing home. So I was staying at the house alone. One morning before work, I was in my fem den watching TV when I suddenly heard this loud-ass clashing sound coming from what sounded like my grandma's room upstairs. I'm like, what the what was that? I look at my cats who are both downstairs with me and they're looking at me like, bitch, I know you heard that. Then I hear the door to my grandma's bedroom open, followed by heavy footsteps across the floor above me. I'm frozen in fear. I know I'm the only one home. I pace the floor trying to make sense of what I heard, and I finally muster up the courage to yell, Hello? To which I receive no response. I even call my mom, just hoping that she had popped in for a random visit, but nope. One thing about me, I'm not like those other white people in the horror movies. I do not go investigate. I mind my motherfucking business. 
To this day, I can't even tell you what that loud noise was, even though it sounded like a bunch of heavy shit falling to the ground. It's not my business. And that's how I deal with the paranormal. I just pay it no mind. I've closed myself off to it for self-preservation, but I know deep down there are unexplainable things that happen here. Just last night, I saw this weird white mist on the stairs, saw something move out of the corner of my eye, and heard some creepy weird voice. Don't even get me started on all the knocks and bumps and strange noises, which all coincidentally cannot be heard tonight. With all that being said, I just want to thank you so much for the community you've created, especially for us in the Creepinati on Discord. There have been plenty of times where something creepy happens and I jump on to chat as a distraction. It's hard to be scared when you're so busy laughing. I love y'all. And let this be a sign to anyone considering it. Join us in the Creepinati. And as always, creep it real and don't get scared. Ashley. See, I am... One of those people who will go investigate. It might take me a minute. I might pace around. I might have to pee. But then I will go investigate. I always gotta pee. I have to have closure. I have to be like, okay, there is nothing here that could have made that noise. It had to be a ghost. Because if I didn't go and investigate, I'd been like, oh my God, was that someone here? I would just never feel safe. I don't like people to ghost me. I don't like a ghost sound without having to figure out. I need someone to be like, sorry, I bumped into that. Whatever, like write it on the bathroom mirror in the steam. Sorry for scaring you. I'm like, okay, I got you. Thanks for the closure. It really is scary when you hear sounds in your house that you don't know what it is. And you're like, Ugh, do I go look? It's truly, it was just a dog. Do I, but do I go look? Right. <laughs> Thank God for cameras. I can do it in my bed looking at my damn cameras now. Yeah. I kind of judge by Marley's reaction because she is usually by me. So she doesn't seem to like notice anything i'm like okay i think it was just like a normal sound but when she hears something I'm like oh god she heard it too what the fuck was that okay the next one country club murders hey donna and carrie first i would like to tell you what an amazing job you do by creeping it real yours is the only podcast i listen to i've tried others but i just can't i love the banter and you both truly do keep it real so i wanted to share my story from my hometown of pleasanton california A few years ago, my husband and I were looking to possibly move if the perfect home became available. One day, we were looking at a shitbox in our town's country club, which is named Castlewood Country Club. A house a few doors down was also for sale, 18 Castlewood Drive. My husband immediately fell in love with the house. Me, not so much. Being an empath, I could feel immediately something was off. The house was not open at the time, thank fuck. I couldn't kick the creepy feeling, so I googled the address. Holy shitballs, this is what I found. Of course, then it all came back. I remembered our town was shocked and horrified at what happened. This was a huge story. As it turns out, a piece of shit son murdered his parents for inheritance. I won't go into all the details about what a fucko he was, but if you're so inclined, there's a ton of articles, and they actually did a TV show about it on 48 Hours. My husband gave zero fucks that there was a double homicide in the home, girlfriends. In the crime scene photos, you can see the evidence marker tape on the stained glass doors where blood splatters were. They still have the same doors. Hard pass. Again, being a sensitive and an empath, I could never. You know when organic surfaces such as wood and stone are drenched in blood from horrific events? That shit never goes away because it's imprinted forever. We have since joined the country club, and every time we pass the house, my husband still says, we could be home by now if we bought that house. It was such a great deal. Yeah, babe, double homicide dramatically lowers the price. 
Keep up the great work, ladies. Also, thank you for validating that vitamin C makes your bladder funky. You are my soul sister. Best, Nicole L. Hell yeah, vitamin C jacked my bladder up. I had to go get a damn rescue treatment on my bladder for that shit. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Jacks me up. Uh Uh-uh. Don't do that. Your husband sounds like me. Be like, we could be home right now. So Lafayette, Louisiana has its own airport. When I lived in Houston and I was driving back and forth between Mississippi and Texas, you have to go through Lafayette. And they say, if you would have flown into Lafayette Airport, you could already be home. And I'm like, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I could live in a house where I knew a double homicide had happened. It would depend on how, how long ago it was. Yeah, I still don't know. If it was a murder like 75 years ago, that's one thing. If it was a murder like in 1992, hell no. I don't know. Just the idea of the murder creeps me out. If I knew about it. I don't know what happened on my land before we got it. So I don't know. But if I knew that there was a murder, ain't no way, not no hell. I'm, I'm too much of a scaredy cat. And murder is very different than somebody just dying. Yeah. Like if somebody's grandma died in that house. Yeah, that ain't no thing. Yeah. Death is death. But the murder, that's a whole nother thing. Like you said, leaving imprints on shit that you just can't get out. Mm-mm. Okay, last one. Hi, my favorite creepsters. I've been listening to your podcast for over a year, and the only regret I have is not becoming a Patreon member sooner. You girls definitely keep it interesting and lighthearted. This is probably the only podcast about horrific crimes and paranormal activity that does not give me nightmares. Unlike Dateline and Dead Files that I binge watch occasionally, after which, even if I'm all alone in the house, all of a sudden, I do not feel so alone anymore. Laughing, but serious. I love listening to Sinister Sightings, and for a while I thought, sucks that I don't have a story to share, until it occurred to me that, uh, wait a second, I actually do. So here it goes. The story took place in Central California about six years ago. I was a fresh nursing school grad from Chicago who had a terrible breakup and decided to just fuck it and leave the whole state of Illinois behind. Very grown up of me. I packed all my belongings into a car and drove across the country to a random Airbnb place that I rented out for a month in hopes to quickly find a job since hospitals always need nurses, right? Well, I should have done more research because as it turned out, California does not hire new grads to any major cities unless you have two years of critical experience and can do backflips while juggling five balls in your hands. Last part is a joke, but yeah, basically I was screwed. But mama didn't raise no fool and I decided to do the next best thing and to get the experience required somewhere else, which meant to agree to work in the black hole of California, the pit of hell, so to speak, Central Valley. I wish I could tell you all that this info is pertinent to my tale, but I'm a storyteller, so you guys are stuck with my expanded version of events. Evil laugh in the background. Anyhow, I found this place off Craigslist that's super close to the hospital, and the lady who lives in it is renting out a room. The house is very neat, a lot of sunlight, and the lady looked appropriate. She had beautiful red curly hair with an overall bohemian type of look. In fact, she looked great for her age. But it is true when they say the first impression can be misleading, and I learned it the hard way. 
Over the course of four months, my life would turn into hell. At first, this lady started dating an extremely shady guy. She would tell me stories of stalking her ex-boyfriend and calling the police on him after the ex-boyfriend approached her at his own front yard for stalking. It was all suspicious to me, but I brushed it off. Then her car broke down and she asked me if she could occasionally use my car to go grocery shopping. I said yes, because at some point I started feeling bad for the lady. Nothing was going her way and she always had problems following her. I knew she was divorced and did not have custody of her two daughters and it broke my heart watching how much it pained her. At the time, she continued to act strange. For example, I caught her a few times in my own room and she said that she ran out of toilet paper. And at some point she lost her job and started to sleep for days on end. The culmination happened one day when we heard loud banging on the front door. I opened it and saw a pretty intimidating Hispanic guy, all tatted up in a tank top and all, asking to see the lady. She comes downstairs and locks the door after which the banging and yelling continued for half an hour. We called the police. The gangster guys left before the police arrived, but they slashed my car tires in the parking lot on their way out. I was scared for my life, and finally, that was the last straw for me. I packed my things the next day and moved out to my coworker's house. Not only did I have to pay for my own tire repair, but I was also missing a bicycle that I stored at the garage, and the lady claimed it must have been stolen when she forgot to close the garage doors one night. Yeah, right. As it turned out, the lady was an addict who smoked meth, and because she drove my car, I would imagine not for grocery shopping, the gangster people thought it was her car, and that's why they slashed the tires. At the end, the lady kept harassing me, saying I owed her rent for the next few months, and she would come to my work because she knew I worked at the hospital. I lived in pure terror, and since I still worked in the city, every time I would go shopping, I would be so afraid I may see her. But time heals all wounds and I have not crossed paths with her since then. Until last year. One night, I have a dream in which I'm at work, talking to my coworkers, and out of the corner of my eye, I see the lady. I'm still scared of her, but I'm at work, so I can't just run away. I try to go to the staircase and she approaches me. My heart beats so fast. To my surprise, she's calm and she says, I'm so sorry, what I did was wrong. I am stunned and I wake up. I had a funny feeling about the dream all day and decided to tell my best friend about it. My friend is very much into the spiritual way of life and immediately tells me to look this lady up on Facebook because something must have happened to her. I think my friend's overreacting, but the idea intrigued me, so I proceeded. I find the lady in my list of blocked people. Not the list, she's the only one. And when I open her page, there is a candle on a post. As I scroll down more and more, I learn that the lady passed away eight months earlier from a brain aneurysm at that same house. I had chills go down my spine. After I let it all sink in, I sat back down on my bed and said out loud, I forgive you, just to make sure that she never comes back into my dreams again. To this day, I joke that the lady must have had a long list of people she had to apologize to, and that's why it took her eight months to come to me. P.S., Six years later, I still live in that city. I have a fiance now and two cats, and we are looking to buy a home near the mountains. So be careful where you move after graduation to all the new grads out there because you can spread your roots before you blink. With love, Mariah T. It's always scarier than a ghost when it's a real person and 
their behavior is erratic and all of that because you're living in her house and like her life is your life. Like it's going to coincide. Like how your tires got slashed and stuff. Well, it could have been so much worse Uh if she would have like stolen from somebody or anything like that. And they just saw her in the getaway car and they thought you were her and all the things. It could have been so much worse. Yes. These stories did not disappoint this week. Thank you all so much for sending them in. Send them in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.